will be there ready for a sunrise pick. Uh, we'll, we'll start like 30 minutes before, you know, that part of the morning where it gets kind of purple mm-hmm. outside, yeah, yeah. you know? Could be very uh, pretty. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a younger person, um, that meant that I was, that I had stayed up all night. <laughs> These days it means that right. I'm in a vineyard picking. So is it pronounced... Buto, Buto, Buto. Okay, yeah. That's what it, okay, it's just a Texanized. Oh, that's on your website. That's French right. name, Buto. Uh, that's what Frenchy. That's you know what how he called it. I'm sure when the the Butos came over from France in 1820s, it was probably Buto. Buto was probably the how you know. But he was born in Abbeville, Louisiana, in 1900. He was he was Frenchy Buto. Okay, you know Frenchy Buto. Yeah, you're, there's you're, there's no way of not being Frenchy. When you're... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. pretty fun. So Randy Hester bringing the bringing the treats. Yeah, that's a lovely sound. <laughs> a little, little breakfast wine. Oh, thank you. Yes, so sir. this was the these are limit new releases. These are new releases. Yeah, yeah. These are um, so. I don't know how much you want me to hold or say at this point. But go, go for it. Yeah. yeah. My headphones are optional. If you want to wear them, go for yeah, it. Let's do I that. like them. Um, mic as close as you can. Yep. Can you hear everything okay? Oh, yeah. Too loud, too, too no, soft? that's great. Sounds all right. You got me fine? Yeah, yeah. Sounded good. This, this, The pouring of this sounded great. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it always does. There's a little squeak, too, sometimes when you're on the radio. And there's oh, like, yeah. squeak, 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 squeak. Maybe all those will be like the sound clips for the intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, welcome to the Austin. Yeah, podcast. thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. And thank you for bringing the treats. You know, I'm on the Instagram looking over there, and you have a very, um, you know, familiar... You seem like a very comfortable guy to be around. Ah, and the fact that you're bringing wine at you know noon is, is like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm in the wine business, so yeah. why not? I, I create this thing, so yeah, sure. let's let's share it and let's uh, let's get it into people's hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if it's white wine, you know, it's like it's almost noon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's afternoon. Oh, so. Yeah. White wine at noon. Yeah, these know? are these are excuses for yourself because I don't need any. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> and it's South by, you know. So. It is South by. Well, right. This is like the grand finale. Yeah. Cheers, Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Thank you so much. For Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, CL Buto was the original uh, brand that we brought out. You know, coming here to Texas. Yeah, we branched into a second label I called Papa Frenchy. Uh, his sketch there on the bottle, and then um, this brand here. This uh, the name of this wine is is new, um, and it's just kind of an, a, a oh. new way for me to play. Yeah. So yeah, these are the three wines I'm bringing you today. Very nice, very nice, yeah. and, I, and I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned you're from Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you were in sales, basically. That's, I was. I was with a distributor there. You're with a distributor. Now, did that become because you were into wine, or was that a gig at the time? Yeah, um, well, I, I went to school for psychology. Okay. So I was a psychology major, philosophy minor. Um, after seven years of that, I was completely useless. You know, right. I had my undergrad. Uh <laughs> But I, I was working in a, in a mental health hospital for adolescents, okay. thir- 13 to 17-year-olds. Uh, it was a private hospital. 
And I, I wanted to kind of go all the way with my education and, and do private practice. But um, I, I, you know, I'm just on my own and paying for paying for things. And uh, that didn't happen. I, be- I kind of became disheartened with that private hospital situation. Basically, when the insurance runs out, you know, the psychiatrist would oh, send yeah. the kids down the road. So... That's rough, right? It's, yeah. It's, I mean, you're invested in somebody possibly, and then it's just— You're making nope. progress with them, and yeah. sometimes you're not done. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but according to the insurance, you were done. Yeah. So I kind of stepped back into, in, back into hospitalities, back into restaurants, and I became friends with one of my reps. And okay. over time, we started tasting wines together, and he, he, he started to say, you know, you should come to work with us. You should come to the distributor. I ended up doing that. Okay. Yeah. What, so when you say in hospitality, were you cooking? Were you like in the front of a house somewhere? Like doing Almost stuff? completely front of the house. Okay. Yeah. The the most extensive work in the back of the house was uh, when I was managing with Outback Steakhouse, and we would do prep shifts. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't go all the way down that path before. I, I moved gone. over to the distributor. You were recruited. Yeah. Somebody saw something. Yeah. Obviously. I think I I, I, I can taste. Yeah. And I think he saw that. And it was kind of cool for me to realize that in his scenarios that he we would set up blind tastings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you feel kind of like, I, I don't know, a sense of pride there accomplished. You're like, yeah, I can taste. And yeah, for sure. Because I was kind of... I was floundering, you know. I, 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 I'm like, okay, well, I thought that I was going to be working with kids and saving kids' lives, and right. now what? Am, you know, what am I going to do now? And, and I could see this tasting thing and this wine thing, and I can do more than just open a bottle of wine when I'm making dinner for friends or whatnot. Yeah. And so started to pursue that. Right. And so this world. This wine world, you start, you know, you start tasting, blind tasting. He's recruited you to kind of work with him. It's a huge world, right? The wine world. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, it's old, right? We used to only drink wine. <laughs> right. And right. Now we're here. Um, so I, I will have to say, I'm, I've only recently started like driving out to wine country. And that was due to a lady friend. Thanks, thanks for uh-huh. her. Yeah. But I'm uh, very intrigued. I'm very also, while we're out there, we're hearing stories. And I'm like, man. This has to be part of the podcast. And then fast forward to this, and you're here. So I, I am very excited to have you sitting here. But this world, like, you know, look, opening, it's like tasting things. It's wow. I mean, it's like vast, I well, would say. I love where you're coming from. Um, I see it that way too. I see um, my evolution in this is always with a tip of the hat to the tradition of winemaking that's come before me. I mean, this has been done for centuries. Centuries. Um, we're not inventing this. Texas didn't invent wine. You know, uh, the U.S. didn't invent wine. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think along those lines, I think a couple of things. I think, you know, wine gives me the opportunity to create. This is my creative yeah. thing that I can do. It gives me an opportunity to contribute. You know, I'm not I'm not saving kids' lives anymore, but I maybe I'm making more adults happy. Right. <laughs> uh, and then um, and then to be able to weave into the fiber of the community in the food and wine community, and Austin's huge mm-hmm. with that. You know, yeah. but my my 11 years in Napa Valley, you know, that's what we did there as well. So um, 
Yeah, th- those those it's very gratifying. Yes, but I want to stay in touch with the tradition that came before me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the tradition is one thing, but what I'm hearing also is like, you know, you're trying to help children, right? That's invested in like a relationship, right? Uh, a meaningful relationship. And then you kind of get, you step into this, you're doing the sales side that then you want to like, it's all about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. You want to open a bottle of wine for someone and, and, you know, make it more than just opening a bottle of wine at dinner, right? which is like the gratifying part. Yeah. I mean, so sticking and sticking with tradition. I mean, what are what are, what exactly are we saying? The actual process of making the wine. Yeah, okay. yeah. So there's a lot of ways that that wines can be made. Just like making dishes in a restaurant, there's a lot of different ways you can go about. You can all have. You can put ten people with all the same ingredients with maybe the same focus, but you're going to get ten different approaches. Right. Um, I like to look at. This is Roussan in our glass. How, how has Roussan been made, you know, traditionally? Okay. Where does it come from? How was it treated in, in its, in its uh, origin region? Um, this uh, full carbonic Sangiovese, how has Sangiovese been treated in the past? How has it been made for the traditions of where it's from plus my process full carbonic that I mentioned? Um, how has that gone? Uh, in in decades and and centuries past, and if I'm able to pay attention to those sort of uh, uh, lanes, yeah. those sort of traffic lanes of here's how here's here's your borders, then I can uh, experiment with that. Pay pay respect to the tr- to to the varietals right. so that this tastes like Roussan. And this tastes like Sangiovese. Um, so be true to the varietal, but also true to the uh, production of those varietals. Yeah. yeah. And then how, it, so it's like the scaffolding, and then you go kind of decorate this. How do you put your own twist on this? Is it just like, because it's all going to come down differently. I mean, yeah. wine, wine is always different, right? It is. You know, <laughs> something we have, okay, so... So now I will uh, backtrack mm-hmm. on this whole tradition idea. Sure. Because uh, I'm making wine in Texas. I have planted my flag here in Texas. Uh, this is what I want to promote. Uh, this is where I'm living. I'm from Texas. Uh, I want to promote Texas wines. But in Texas, we don't have that tradition, right? We don't sure. have that French. It's, this that is like just Spanish. happening, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So in many, many ways, we are setting those standards. Huh. You know, we are kind of creating history now, if you will. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, it, it's hard to, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you think, okay, well. Buzz, well, they say it's like the new Napa Valley, or it will be, right? <laughs> Is that like a thing? Or like. I mean, hey, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, why not? But like, yeah. it, when did that, when was it not? Like, when does this wine all, what, was like 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, man, it's recent. Oh, that, okay. It's recent. But, like, I've hear, heard that, like, things are going to start happening here. Yeah. There's such a focus on quality uh, at this stage of the game. You know, in 2006, in 2004-ish, when I started to have the idea of, I love this thing, I want to create this thing, mm-hmm. how can I go about that? I mean, you could count on one hand how many wineries I would send a friend to. 
Right. Um, and that was out in Houston. Well, I mean, I was in Houston, but but you, you I sold here? Flat Creek, for instance. So right. Flat Creek is a Texas winery. They were on the fine wines division of my distributor, and, I, and we became friends uh, with the owners of Flat Creek, and I love their wines. Okay. Um, so so I'm I'm becoming very familiar with the Texas wine scene, and then, I mean, so we moved in '06. So so I left my job at at the distributor. My wife is Brooke, a, right? Brooke, okay. yes. Brooke is a CPA and uh, was uh, was in oil and gas, corporate accounting, and then we moved in '06 to start this journey. So I was a twelve dollar an hour intern at Cake Bread Cellars. I was thirty six years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was the CFO at Patson Hall, which is a which is a premium Pinot Noir Chardonnay producer. The, 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 now this is where in Napa. Okay. Yeah. So we moved to Napa Valley. You moved to Napa Valley. Yeah. So this is like the beginning of like an education. Yeah. Like with a vision to come here to produce wine. It was a ten year plan to go there to learn this business at at a high level. Yeah, you know, put put ourselves on the world stage of wine, and then bring that home. Okay. Ten years later, let's bring that home and let's raise the bar here in our home state. So was um, Brooke? Was she your wife at the time when you went? Yeah, we had been married about a year. Okay. So how how do you like fund this <laughs> whole thing? We were like, no, we're just going to go learn how to take because. Sounds like a good way to blow through money too, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I always stressed that I was I was thirty six when we moved there. Right. Um, you know, we're grown ups. We're grown ups that have we've had good jobs. Okay. We, we have responsible savings and investment and you know credit and oh, whatnot. But so you went out on a limb though to to yeah. kind of kind of use some of we that saved, for this. Yeah, we we built. Yeah, we saved up to do it. I mean, okay. I was twelve bucks. Yeah, I made twelve bucks, and then when they hired me full time at the end of that. That internship, I made fourteen bucks. Wow! And so, uh, you know, in two thousand six, <clears throat> the difference in cost of living between Houston and, and Napa Valley was immense. Yeah. And then we took a, probably a fifty percent cut in, in household income to go do that. Yeah, it was slim. It right. was slim for a while. Um, but you had to you had to have um, like a vision. Like you, we were pretty confident in what you were doing. I mean, you had to be right to get. I mean, you're here now. Yeah, I think in a way of like maybe when you're an athlete and you're going to try out for yeah. the team, you you hat you or you're or you're a musician and you're going to try out for the band, you you have some drive, you have something oh, to yeah. offer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you you got to get it. Right. And that's like if you're the athlete, you're like listening to your music while you're working out, getting ready. You, you're out there, you know, getting ready. That's your music. Yeah. You're like so, eleven years is that the the whole? It was planned out to be ten a ten year process. Right. Okay. Yeah. Does it take that long always, or is that like a? Did you just where did that number come from? Well, that's a long time. Yeah. It, it, that's the kind of commitment that I that I envisioned. If if I consider. If we're in high school and we're supposed to go to college and yeah. that's going to take four years and then I'm going to be a physician, right? Right. Uh, so I'm going to go to undergrad and then I'm going to be pre-med and I'm going to go to med school and I'm gonna, then I'm going to do my, uh, what's it called when they're, they, they, they're, uh, they go around to hospitals before they're like really a doctor. Uh, I mean, I don't know, externship? Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. Not what it's called. So I yeah. thought, okay, these other 
major professions. Right. It takes Do- you like 10 years to be legit. Okay. Okay. So that's that's what I did. I said, okay, I, you know, I'm not going to just, like, I've never owned a restaurant, right? I've never uh, been a chef. Right. So I don't, I'm not so arrogant to think that, oh, I'll just go buy a restaurant and I'll just kill it. Right. right? I wanted to go and and learn it. Learn it from the bottom up. Um, okay. Hands on. I'm I'm a I'm an excellent seller worker. Um, business is a whole different thing than just producing wine, and making wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to sell it. Yeah. You have to promote it. You have to look good online. You know, 2022. You know, with Instagram and and social everything. Uh, it, there's so much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. we thought goal number one, we're going to work at 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 high end wineries. Get, you know, like I will have a good. Brooke was going to be fine, but I needed for myself. I needed to be involved with a high end production. So, because I'm trying to learn this thing at a high end again in order to bring it home. Right. Goal number two. That was the two year. The five year was to start our own brand. Okay. So the five year goal was to to have our own wine, and we we had Lightning Wines. We started in 2011. Okay. So right on time. In the meantime, too, I'm going to school. You know, I'm going to UC Davis. I'm going to Napa Valley College. How, how long are those? Like, how was the process for that? Well, I can only work um, springs and summers. Okay. You know, I can't work falls because because right. I'm working. Yeah. Plus, I'm a low man, right? Like, I'm an intern or I'm a seller worker. Or I'm a, I'm just a lab person or whatever. So I can't go. Oh well, I know it's harvest, but I'm going to just be part time. You know, right. I couldn't do that because I'm I'm having to hustle. To, to kind of promote myself, if you will. Sure. Because, again, I'm on this 10-year plan, and I could have waited for promotions. And You're like the uh, the musician who goes and works at the studio, and he's, like, cleaning up after people, and he's slipping them their demos. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, totally. Farmhouse Delivery launched in 2009 and is now the largest farmer's market in Texas focused on connecting local farmers and ranchers with their communities who are hungry for healthy, organic fare. They also offer curated grocery store items and chef-crafted meal kits through their in-house kitchen. For a limited time, Farmhouse Delivery is offering a free medium local produce box to all Austin All Day listeners. Visit farmhousedelivery.com for more information information and use the discount code Austin all day at checkout. This is a great opportunity. Thank you to all our listeners and thank you to farmhouse delivery. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, yeah. Taking out the trash. You're like, Hey, check out my band. Yeah. Because I made a list. So back working as a distributor, I made a list of top 50 in my mind of, uh, I'll say entities, but like Top 50 list of winemakers, famous vineyards, famous wineries, uh, all the people that I could think of. And I made this list. And uh, that's who I applied for. And that's who I wanted to work with and work for. And um, that worked out. That ended up happening for me. I mean, the number one person on my list was my last employer. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. That's like, um, I mean, you could call it. I mean, it's just like things falling into place, right? And that's yeah. very serendipitous. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember walking down a cave. We were making wine in the same building, and I remember walking by him. He was working on some barrels. Yeah. And I walked by, and we said hello. But then as I walked down that hallway, he called me by name. Hey, Randy, are you going to the lab? 
And all I could think was, oh, shit, Andy Erickson knows my name. Right. <laughs> right? That's what I thought in my head before I ever turned around. And um, and then he ends up being the, the last day job that I had. I, I quit that's, that's great. working for Andy. And then, and so this is kind of cool, too, side note. I was just in France for a couple of weeks, and I was at this place called Gigal. And um, the March 22 Wine Spectator has Andy on the cover, Andy and his wife, Annie. And uh, and they're on the cover, and they're we're waiting in the lobby to go through a wine tasting at this at this winery. And then there's my old boss right there, <laughs> my number one dude. So, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, it's it's it was a great, it was an incredible yeah. journey. Well, that's exciting. It's like a passion project all around. Yeah, I mean, you t- and you touched on like you r- related it to like a culinary, like you know, like well, I guess maybe I did. I don't know if you said, but like I was like, you don't open a restaurant, you know, you you start in the dish pit. And you kind of learn the ins and out and all the way up, right? And then you you do that, and you're kind of do, following in the same steps here, hundred percent. And also with restaurants and like working with um, chefs and whatnot. I looked at some of the places that you're at, like Taitue, and uh, like you're out on Fitzhugh, so you're at Jester King, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Yeah, so there's um, you've made it into some some pretty good spot. Lonesome Dove, yeah, that's 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 a rocking place to be in. It's always these uh, these it's always these chef owned restaurants that that, yeah. that they get it. Oh, you yeah. know, Daidui was Daidui bought our wines before we ever lived here. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, Olame Olame uh, ran with Lightning Wines before we ever moved here. And right, brought in all my ICL Buto Tempranillo. Um, it's the support here has been incredible yeah. because I think because they see, they get it. They see that I scrub the drains. Oh, 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 yeah. And then there's like, you have the passion for it. Like, yeah. You're like excited about who, you know, like all of it's exciting, right? Fun, dude. We live in Austin and I'm in, in the Austin. food and wine scene. Right. Yeah. I'm <laughs> no, excited it's every day. <laughs> it's like a full circle. It, yeah. um, it, it constantly, you know, we had Jesse on recently and, one of the things he he had said, he's just like always excited to see what what is coming next uh, from from someone whoever in Austin, whether it's wine or what have you. And I guess that's what makes this place so incredibly unique and fun because it would be fun to be in food and wine anywhere. But like we've got something a little little different happening here. The community's thick here. It is. Yeah. It's. Um, I was having drinks with Jesse one time about, about a year ago now. <clears throat> And I, it was it's crawfish season, right? And like I'm like, ah, oh, let's oh, yeah. let's have some crawfish. <laughs> and uh, so I said, hey, you know, would you want to come out to the tasting room and do a crawfish bowl? You know, Jesse Griffiths, that Dewey, Janie, like not like a that, bad idea. That would be huge if I could get this. That would be like Andy Erickson knowing my name. You right. know, <laughs> like it would be huge if I could get this to happen. And so I said, hey, you know, would you want to come out and 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 do a crawfish bowl? And he was kind of he said yes, like from like. A friend would say yes to you, yeah. but you could tell he was kind of lukewarm about it. Sure. And then he's re- like, I got to plan all this, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. But I remembered he loves to take his daughter crabbing. Okay. So I go, hey, would you rather do a crab bowl? And his face lit up. Okay. Right? So that was the thing. And so that's just a, like an example. So then he made he made sausage and, and, and they did uh, mushrooms and green beans and just this beautiful crab plates that we did at the tasting room. That's awesome. But that's just an excellent example of somebody like Jesse, who is is integral to this community that we have here. Absolutely. But also supporting the little dude coming yeah. up 
Yeah. Uh, so it's huge. Uh, couldn't be more true. Yeah. Where is the tasting room? Yeah, so it's a mile. It's between Jester King and Treaty Oak. Okay. Bar- Barton Springs Mills. So, and there's like so much out there because I know ranch riders out there are yep. they, they're your neighbors. I mean, they don't have yeah. like a storefront there. We have uh, Revolution Spirits. Revolution Spirits. Uh, yeah. That that's, Austin Reserve Gin. That yeah, Amaro. It's really good. Killer. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, Beerberg. Yeah, okay. You know, there's like a pizza place out there. Is that right? No, no. Jester King has really good pizza. Jester I've heard. King. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've but, been big supporters. That's well. They also have your wine, right? They do. Yeah. Oh, man, that's more of like a brewery, right? Yeah. Well, oh, man. I mean, I would guess that Jester King would look at the name brewery like a musician would look at like a certain, like, you're a rock and roll guy or oh, something, yeah. right? Like, it can be so many things. Jester King is like this this community come together based around maybe a brewery and, and their sure. pizzas and whatnot. But sure. it's, I mean, it's a scene. Yeah, that's a good place to go. There's like places people go. They bring people when they visit Austin who've not been to Austin. Yeah. I feel like, um, oh, I, you know what? Salt Lake is on that. Yeah. But you mentioned the harvest earlier, right? And for someone like myself, or I met many people who haven't done anything like this, I just remember going to the Salt Lake because I was friends with some people out there and they would talk about the harvest, but mm-hmm. it, it's like this bit, it's just it's an event, right? And it's right. it's a lot of work. Is, mm-hmm. Can you t- explain Absolutely. a little bit how like the harvest works when it happens and like? Uh, yeah, harvest is annually um, early fall. Yeah, so uh, happens same time every year. But you're there like really early, right? Or- sure. Yeah. You know, we'll be. So if I have a pick, okay, let's say this morning. Yeah. Let's say this morning I picked. Say it's uh, September first, and I'm gonna pick um, Rusan, and it's time. So. I'm going to – so all of my fruit comes from the Lubbock area, the High Plains. Okay. Uh, okay. In, anywhere from like – there's a lot of little towns out there, but like yeah. Floydata, Brownfield, Meadow, Seminole, La Mesa. There's all these towns, all High Plains area. Right. And – so I'll be out there already. So I'm at all my picks. I stay in touch with all of my growers throughout the year. Um, as I get closer to this fruit being – getting – more and more ready. There'll be times when I'm in Lubbock. Well, I'll make that trip to Lubbock like three, four times a week. Wow. Because I still have activity at the winery that I'm I'm so I'm having to go between working with the with the vineyard owners on when are we going to do this and then back at the winery working with the winery on like how are we making these wines. Right. So yeah. So uh picks are at sunrise. Okay. So um I push for hand picks. Um, it's, 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 uh, by far the, the better way to, there's a lot of mechanical harvesting. How would that work? Cause you're just like picking grapes, right? Yeah. It's a huge machine. It goes through, Shake or shakes the shit out of the yeah. vines. I can it's, imagine like a lot of other things get in there. With yeah. That. Oh, everything gets in there. Yeah. Bird nests. Oh yeah. Dead animals. But not by, with the hand pick. I mean, no. obviously, you're not yeah. picking that up. <laughs> it's you and me going down a road, clipping off a cluster of grapes. Clip, yeah. clip, clip. I guess it also, like, whether you taste it or not, you know, is, like, the element, you know, bringing the human touch into that, even just down to that part of it, too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we'll be there ready for a sunrise pick. Uh, we'll, we'll start, like, 30 minutes before. You know that part of the morning where it gets kind of purple mm-hmm. outside, yeah, yeah. you know? Could be very pretty. Uh, yeah, you know, as a younger person, um, that meant that I was that I had stayed up all night. 
<laughs> These days it means that right. I'm in a vineyard picking. Right. Uh, How long is that process? I mean, it could be hours. Yeah. Yeah. So do you pick everything or is it multiple days where you're harvesting? Multiple days. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we'll pick from, I mean, I've only had one Hill Country vineyard. It was a Pinot Gris vineyard uh, outside of Johnson City. That, I mean, the Hill Country is going to start picking in July. Yeah. And then I'll be picking in the High Plains until October-ish, sometimes November. Right. Depending on the varietal. All the varietals will ripen at different rates. Okay. Like uh, apples and pears and avocados, right? Oh, There's sure. like all different seasons, all different citrus, right? There's all different. They're all this, They're all citrus, but they're all kind of coming out at different times. Clustered, but spread. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and grapes are the same way. So whites are typically earlier than reds, but uh, that's not hard and fast. But yeah, yeah. so it, it will last months. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. The um, well, I had learned a little bit. Like I just started going, and I heard about like the so you said the high plains. I, I learned about the areas. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, the pl- William Chris is when they were talking about the different places. Yeah. I could literally have been out there like twice, but I it's it's so much fun. Now you share your tasting room, right? With yes. four other makers or two? Uh, one other maker. One other maker. Yes. Yeah. So we have uh so t- we we call it the Texas AVA. Uh, okay. Because we wanted to involve other producers, I didn't want to just say, "Okay, this is the CL Buto tasting room," right? And then here's our friends. Uh, we put an overarching name of Texas AVA, meaning uh, uh, American Viticultural Area. Okay. Uh, AVA is like a designation to show place. Okay. And so uh, we kind of with a, with a little grin, we we call it. This is the this. Tasting room is for Texas wines, Texas okay. AVA. And, uh, yeah, wine for the people. Wine for the people uh, is in there with us. And, uh, you know, she has a full lineup of her wines. And um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's two different ways to come and enjoy the space as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you're – do you, like, walk through where the where they come from? Like, Because that's been my experience when you go for, like, a tasting sometimes. You go for a tasting, and they'll give you like the backstory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's is that what you get when you go for a tasting? Oh yeah. So yeah. So what I try to do with our tasting room is to provide the kind of experience you might get when you visit more established regions. Okay. And obviously, having a whole lot of experience in, yeah. in Napa, uh, the way I see it is. Welcome to my house. Sure. You're you're at my house now. We're so happy to have you. Have a seat right here. Take a load off. You're going to choose your your flight. We serve wines in flights. Oh, nice. So it's a seated, flighted tasting. You're going to taste a whole lineup of our wines. We're going to come serve you. We're going to talk as much or as little, depending on you and your group sure. and your, your interests. And... Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk talk to you about these wines and we're gonna share what we what we're passionate about. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I see it is and that's what I tell the folks at the tasting room all the time. I'll go and I'll do busser shifts. So I love that busser. I, I can polish glasses and clean tables and I get to talk to every table that way, but still I kind of we have so many uh incredible people working with us at the tasting room. 
that just they do their thing and then I can just be the busser guy and yeah. make sure, you know, I, I can well, get around that way. I yeah, yeah. So I could see the whole the whole operation with but but be in the background. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, welcome to our house, have a seat, relax. Of course, you know, just like when we have people over for dinner. You know, you're going to make good cocktails. You're going to serve good food. Sure. But eventually, they've also, you know, eventually you got to go home too. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So that kind of goes with that seated flights, so that there is an end point. Mm-hmm. And and at first, a lot of folks were like, you know, well, are you going to do a playscape? My little nephew, one of my nephews, was like, Uncle Randy, where's where's the playscape going to so be? So Austin of them to ask. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I, you know, I was like, well, that's going to be at your house, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, because this is a this is a grown up experience that sure. we're having. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, people people obviously you know have their children out or they'll have their 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 dogs out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're trying to do sort of a seated guided tasting. Yeah. And it's more of an adult experience, and people get it. You know, people get it. They'll come on days when they have a sitter. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you probably should, <laughs> you know, but I mean, so that's, that's very cool. And that's at, at Fitch. So it's Brooke and you are there mostly a lot? We're there a lot. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. But, but the, one of the really cool things about our staff is that um, everybody has day jobs. Yeah. You know, this oh, really? isn't, yeah. So, so. What a nice side gig. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. Right. So, yeah. and that's what stands out is that they're all there oh, yeah. to have a fun job, have a fun time. Well, also, I mean, what would stand out to me is like the experience you're getting with your, you know, you're trying to bring this elevated experience here. Um, I mean, that's kind yeah. of, I guess you're kind of like paving, paving the way. If we're making history, why not? Right? right? <laughs> well, I mean, Set you know, the tone. we've been to those wineries that's just like stand up at the bar and, hey, 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 right. I need my next pour. Right. <laughs> and, and all that sort of mayhem. And yeah. I'm, I don't like those experiences. So we went out, right, to, yeah, please, uh, to, you know. I had a couple, a couple places yeah. uh, uh, by like where William Chris is, and and you know, I had never done. Should that. I pull this away from the mic? No, no, it sounds great. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I should, I should not be talking over that. Sound. Like, <laughs> Let me go one more second. time. One more time. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. No, 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 no. Yeah, this uh, smells great. Mm, yeah, that's that full carbonic Sangio. Wow, yeah. Both of these wines that, that we have open are the current releases. We just yeah. had our uh, wine club release party uh, this past weekend. We had an oyster station. We did raw oysters for for this one. We work with Casero mm, on our charcuterie plates, and she, uh, Jackie, paired the Sangio with some of the meats and cheeses mm. perfectly. And so, anyway, these are got, the current releases. Gotta love that stuff. Um, no, when we were out there. I, you know, like the, you mentioned a cellar earlier, which is like, of course, right? The wine cellar. But like, I forget the name of this. It's like a newer place that is Slate. I think it's called yeah. Slate. Yeah. But they have this giant, like you said, you were in the cave, yeah. right? And it's just so such a cool world that like I have just like, li- like just not explored at yeah. all. And I got to, got to tour that and I was like, this is pretty amazing. But while I was out there, you know, you just mentioned like sitting, you know, at the bar asking for your another pour. But I was like doing something like that and then sitting down and I was like, 
what else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pleasant. It's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny you mentioned Slate because I actually make my wines at the Slate Mill Wine oh. Collective. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we don't own we don't own vineyards and we don't own our own winery space. Right. So I, so that's is that unique? No, that's not that's not unique, is it? It's that a happens. new concept to Texas. Okay. It's called Custom Crush. And yeah. it's very prevalent in, okay. in uh, you know, more established wine regions. But it's a it's a new concept here. Yeah. Um, and Slate Mill Wine Collective is really the first business model in Texas okay. that is specifically to incubate new wineries. Oh, well, I am glad I mentioned it then. Yeah. yeah. And what a cool spot that is. Yes. And they've got some... Uh, some pretty tasty drinks there. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's a so yeah, the Jones family, um, they're they're gonna end up being known as people who did something important for Texas oh, good. wine. That's cool. Yeah. Try the narcoleptic. That's a yeah. my suggestion. <laughs> yeah, how about those labels, right? The labels, yeah. Are, Cody's killing it on the labels. And yeah. The whole image and the yeah. cave and yeah, it's a different thing. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. raising the bar and and it, man, this isn't this isn't a family picnic, you right. know. This is like, oh, okay, I'm doing something sure. grown up now. Oh, I mean, you know, I better sit up. You yeah, know? for but, real. I mean, like, you know, you establish a winery like that. How how good? How long will it be there? Right. It's pretty incredible. Right. Especially um, now, I, I actually know where to go if we do meet our demise because I'm going to that cellar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Locking the door behind me. Yeah, there's enough room. There is enough room down there. Yeah, but they do, you know, their approach is is that what what one of the things that we call our approach is comfortable luxury. This if is you, delicious, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. If we go to two restaurants we've already mentioned, Dai Dewey, if we go to Olame, you're it's comfortable luxury. Okay. Right? I like that. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about like we love to go to that uh what's that hotel in, in San Antonio at the Rose? I mean at the Pearl. At the Pearl? Um gosh, it's it's a really nice place, but you never feel out of place. Yeah. You go to Olame, you're you're eating world class dishes, but you 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 feel comfortable. It's like a home. Yeah. yeah, it is a home. And yeah. and the service provides you with that comfort. Right. And and so Slate Mill is doing the same thing. They're yeah. providing this, uh, my words, but like this comfortable luxury. You're in this luxurious winemaking environment. We're still going to be chill, and we, we don't care to geek out. I mean, we don't care to be snotty. Yeah. We're going to have a nice time. We're going to have a fun time. Well, I really like that because it's very, like, when you think of, like, Austin versus, like, any other yeah. part of the, or any other city, like, you have, like, fine dining or you might have, like, a Michelin stars there. Um, but here, it's always been, like, the whole, yeah, just go on with your sandals and you're you're fine. Like, the closest thing we have to, like, fine dining, which would be, like, Bob's Steakhouse or, like, True Lux. Yeah. And even then, I'm sure you could wear a shirt and shorts. No doubt. No <laughs> but like doubt. The, the that what you said, comfortable luxury is kind of what that is, right? Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. a comfortable place. You know, we don't need to be a certain way to be there. Yeah. Everybody's accepting of everybody. Yeah. And that's probably the best way when to live. When you look around Austin, you see you see some old hippie, right? And some yeah. beat up denim shirt, right? They're probably wearing thousand dollar boots. <laughs> right, right. Right. The 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 lady is wearing, you know. 
thousands of dollars worth of turquoise jewelry or something like that. Like it's, it's again, it's like comfortable luxury. It's casual. It's comfortable. This is what I'm doing and what you're doing is fine. And what I'm doing is fine. Yeah. And we're all fine. Yeah. Um, that also is something that makes Austin incredibly, I mean, if you've ever felt like outcasted or anything, and then you come here, it's like, this is welcome. Right. <laughs> you're fine. Right. And, and moving here, man, my focus moving to Napa was soak it all up, get every single thing I can get out of this and, and, and make my path as extravagant as I can, because then I can bring that home to Texas. Coming to Austin, the focus is very, very different. The focus for me, like embracing, seeing the depth, uh, the richness of the food and wine scene here mm-hmm. in Austin um, made me want to weave, if you will, like weave myself into the fabric yeah. of Austin food and wine. Um, I guess there's a lot of folks that you know come to Austin and maybe don't contribute as much or maybe... I'm here in Austin now. Now, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. I always thought I want to contribute to Austin. I want to be a part of yeah. what makes Austin good. I want to weave myself into this fabric of this of this food and wine scene that that I adore. Yeah. Outside looking in, I, it's super cooperative and super helpful, and that's been the focus. Weave, get in and lay low and contribute. Yeah, I mean, anybody who isn't, like, taking that sort of approach is honestly just missing out. And that's really, that's all, that's that's the end of that. Right. <laughs> you know, they're missing out on, like, the whole big picture. Right. There's, and, like, kind of like a level of happiness, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that joke. I heard this early on. Um, everybody who moves to Austin think, when they look back on the time when they moved to Austin, they think that that time was about the time that Austin went to pot. <laughs> right? right. So it's like when you got here <laughs> is when you think Austin started changing for the worse. Right. Right. And yeah. I thought, man, I don't want to do that. I'm gonna, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't like the whole like I've heard, I used to hear that a lot. Right? I guess I've How just long like, have you been here? About nine years. Oh, yeah. Nine cool, cool, years. Cool. So my daughter's eight. Was here moved here before she was born. I have a horrible like uh, that's like the, how I can remember that. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I'd sure. be like, I don't know, gotta look at my uh, Facebook memory or something. <laughs> no, but uh, made it here then, and you know, like there was a lot happening here then. Here then, and I was uh, yeah in the food scene, but nothing like I am now. I mean, everything that happened here with the podcast and everything else that I did was serendipitous. But like, I'm um, extremely grateful because. You surround yourself with people, well, like yourself, with the attitude you have, and, like, it's just very gratifying to be a part of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, it's unfortunate to hear that people would come and be like, oh, this, you know, what's in it for me? But, yeah. like, there are people like that. Have you heard the expression, it tastes like chicken? I want to tell you about the highest rated chicken farm in the South. Greener Pastures Chicken raises organic, pasture-raised birds in Elgin that the top chefs in Central Texas have been putting on their customers' plates like it's nobody's business. They're USDA certified organic, non-GMO project verified, real organic project certified, certified humane, and go Texan. They're in the final stages of becoming the first poultry farm nationwide to obtain regenerative organic certified status. You heard that right. They're humane, they're sustainable farmers, and they are the chicken of choice for the top chefs in Central Texas. For those of you who love to cook at home, you can pick up locally Greener Pastures Chicken at People's RX and Dias Market, or you can have it shipped to your home courtesy of Farmhouse Delivery. It doesn't just taste like chicken. 
it's unfortunate to hear that people would come and be like, oh, this is, you know, what's in it for me? But yeah. like, there are people like that. Yeah. So real quick, I, I, well, let me hop in. Oh, here, I have maybe a ridiculous question. Okay. Because um, I'm just interested, because I know I asked this to someone else who was more educated in like wines, but like, you've ever had a cotton, cotton candy grape at Central Market? Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. So like, why can't we make like some kind of wine out of that? And like, I was told like, you don't want to like sweet like great but like why not why not though so if you think about the is that ridiculous it's not okay no <laughs> it makes sense if we can capture that why not right yeah, yeah but if you go eat the grapes that we make wine with they're like not they don't taste a whole lot like the finished product right because there's that balance of all that sweetness that you're tasting that you love in that that's in like that a right particular grape yeah Balanced with the acidity, okay, so that it's not cloying and heavy. So what would happen through that process? Like you ferment out the sugars. So what would happen with like a cotton candy grape? It may not; those flavors may not translate. Okay, if there's not a, a decent acidity level, and the natural flavors of that may not translate to a palatable beverage. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's more like an MD 2020 flavor. Yeah. Yeah, it could <laughs> be. Could wine. be. Yeah, that's where we'll see that. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I, I just had to ask. I knew it wasn't because uh, somebody had told me, but I just wanted to see if somebody's like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that into a flavor. Like you could, I don't know, put cotton candy extract in it after. I don't know. <laughs> One could. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, but no, I mean, and also the uh, the – Grapes that we use for wine production are super concentrated. And okay. So, I was told they're two totally different worlds. Yeah. Like what if, you eat at the supermarket is not what you make wine with. Right. And it would almost, I imagine, be like a very, very watered-down version hmm. where you would need to have the sugar content in yeah. order to make it more flavorful. Right. Well, so the more you know. Yeah. Right, now I don't need to buy those and imagine them drinking them. Yeah, we could. We could just experiment <laughs> with that. You know? Oh, yeah. That's, that's Why not? What I we could throw it cool. in the garage and let it ferment and stick it in the fridge and see how it settles out. Right. So we have a segment here called Potty Talk. <laughs> it's sponsored by Bucky's. And uh-huh. I just. Uh, Is it officially sponsored? It's not. Okay. It will be. It will be. There, somebody's going to listen and they're like, oh my God, we need to, uh, we need to, we haven't been in contact with him in a while, huh? Yeah. And but then no, you'll so. have all the Bucky corn you can <laughs> oh, eat. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah isn't yeah, that like what that. it's called? Like Bucky corn or something? They have, I don't know if it's called corn, but like the bags. Of, yeah, yeah. Oh, the car- caramel covered yeah, yeah. Cheeto things. I mean, everything. Every snack from Bucky's yeah. is better than you get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but so they, no, not yet, but one day. If I keep saying it, right? Yeah. So favorite bathrooms that you've been in here in or around Austin? I mean, hell, Matt, Napa. I don't know if you've just bathrooms that stick out in your mind. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, if Napa's on the table. So there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a wine bar in Napa called Cadet. It's downtown Napa, and they're like that name cadet. Yeah. yeah, it's super cool. They uh, the ladies there have been churning out the underground cool kid wines for forever. Okay, I like that. <laughs> their original their original wallpaper was this uh, like seventies softcore black and white like <laughs> kind of pseudo porn. Really? Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that would look like. <laughs> oh, it was such a feel. Um, but, you know, uh, like Kitty Cohen, you know? Yeah. Kitty Cohen bathroom. Like, there's a little something for everyone. Yeah. Um, 
I like the concept of oh, like uh, like Carpenter Hall, Carpenter Hall or oh, Abba. Yeah. Abba, Abba, and they also carry your wines. Yeah, now, they do. Ab- Abba's from Let Us Entertain You, which is out of Chicago, which yeah. is like their first property out here. Yeah, so that's cool. That's super cool. So we might see more. And they kill it. Yeah. Yeah, they kill it. That's Music Lane, right? Is mm-hmm. that the where that's at? Right. Yeah. That's that's new, right? Music Lane. I mean, or was that always there, and then they just made it like a, they opened up a bunch of stuff out there? Oh, there's just yeah, they're just continuing to open a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's a pretty cool strip. I mean, that's right. that's South Congress, right? It is. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. like where you go. That's yeah. like one of the places, like Salt well, Lake or there. Yeah, we take out of towners to Abba. We take yeah. out of towners to Daidui. That's Daidui is a great place for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and Daidui has that same concept, right? Like the the private doors, but then the shared sinks. Yeah, you know, at Carpenter Hall, it feels a lot like. I mean, to me, it takes me back to to like elementary school. Okay. Super <laughs> just industrial, right. you know, and you're like, oh, man, like, you know, you're scared to go to the bathroom at school or whatever. Right. And, uh, but it's, it's such a good feel. Yeah, know? that I've like not that, heard that concept. That's, yeah, that's a good. Uh, uh, CL Buto, the Texas AVA tasting room. We oh, have yeah? some pretty Instagrammable uh, okay. <laughs> uh, wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that is fun. what I'm looking for, the Instagrammable ones. And I had to say, I've taken a few photos in the uh, in the bathrooms at uh, both of them at Aviary. Aviary, Aviary, yeah. 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 Uh, that's out towards like uh, north, right? That's uh, South Lamar. Aviary. Aviary is across the street from uh, Loro. Uh, oh, what else is over there? I was thinking Avery Wine and Ra- the Avery Ranch. That's oh. that's up north, though. Yeah, no, 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 Aviary. Aviary. Killer wine list. Okay. Alex Bell's getting it done. Okay, cool. I yeah. think I don't know if I've heard that. Yeah. Okay, cool. I Array like that. food. I think I saw on Culture Map their chef is up for top chef or something. Oh. On their, you know, Culture Map's list of lists. Cool. We have uh, Chef, I think, Joe Chan at uh, from Everly out there mm. in Houston doing the top chef right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's on like Bravo. I haven't seen it, but. Oh, my God. But exciting. I love it. Hometown, yeah. Chris Shepard. Yeah. Like, I've known Chris Shepard for Wow, forever, 20 you know. years or something. Like, it's so cool to see the hometown and, and Monica Pope. I don't know if you, uh, Monica Pope. Is, Chris Shepard is on that show too right now? Oh, as a, as an advice, like as a judge. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say. As a contributor. That actually makes a lot more sense. No, nah, man, he's, uh, he's, uh, they call him the godfather. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the underbelly hospitality. It's so, and they've been on board with us since the start as well. They're, That's they're great to hear. Huge supporters. But uh, Monica Pope. I think of all the Houston people, probably gets overlooked the most. Okay. She was, um, I mean, dude, this is like 30 years ago. She was the whole like farm to table, yeah, 100 mile, you know, super chefy when that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's OG. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, what's her restaurant? Oh, she goes through different restaurants, but okay. uh, but yeah, I don't know what she's on right now, but cool. she's done a lot. She's done a lot. Well, there, there you go. Give her a shout out. Good potty talk session. Oh so, yeah, yeah, it's all potty talk. Thank you. And when you're when you're drinking, sometimes you need that. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So cool. Good good suggestions out there. Um, yeah. And you have like we always talk about like our favorite places to eat here in Austin, and we've been talking about a lot of restaurants throughout this conversation, and like. Daidue, Olame, those are incredible places. The biscuits, right? Right. Yeah. Right. What are some other places that you do you you do you guys have children or no? 
No, no kiddos. Okay, so yeah. you are able to like go experience food. Yeah, we're able to do things for ourselves. <laughs> right, because I get a lot of P. Terry's when there's like a four-year-old in the picture. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> right. No, nah, we got married in 05 and moved in 06. So we thought, well, when we get home, you know, we'll get back around, you know, yeah. friends and family and support and we'll start having kids. But uh, at this point, I have eight nephews and about half of them are really bad. So <laughs> it's a little like birth control, you know. But you're like the the cool uncle. I have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I teach them things that they shouldn't be taught yet. Right. And, and I get away with it because I feed their parents wine. Okay. <laughs> See that balance there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, love P. Terry's for a fast food. Um, it is killer. Oh, Hat Creek. Hat, Hat Creek, Creek has that that fried chicken sandwich. Okay. But yeah, the let's fried see. chicken sandwich war was real, huh? Oh yeah. Did you get involved with that, or you just watch from the background? Just watch. I keep my head down. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I, I was know. like, "What is it? We just invent this?" <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I would my go-to Tex-Mex is Vivo. Vivo. Vivo out in the uh, out in the the link. Okay, it's out near in, in near, oh. near my neighborhood. The link is the Easy Tigers got exactly. their stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like in Hyde Park North Loop. Okay. Oh, foreign domestic. Yeah. I mean, seriously. So we've had so so we've had visiting chefs at the at the tasting room. Yeah. So we Jesse did crab. Yeah. Oh, foreign and domestic. Sarah and Sarah and Nathan of foreign and domestic came out and did a a, a family style hmm. meal. So what I've what I've tell people is is what excites you. You know, like not what you do every day. Like if you're Michael, like don't come do your biscuits if you don't want to. Oh, yeah. Like what are you working on? Oh, okay. What are you excited uh, about? Yeah, I see what like, you're Like Jesse saying. used to do crab at Dai Dewey, but he said nobody could eat them. So he was excited to do crab at the place. Sure. Uh, Sarah and Nathan and... and, and uh, What'd they come up with for family meal? Oh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> they opened up a new spot too, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Right, correct. It's out like... Yeah, Computer commerce or something. Commerce out in Lockhart. Lockhart. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So they're yeah, they're two blocks from my house. Oh, so we see them a lot. Yeah, nice. and then uh, Interstellar. So uh, yeah. so John Bates. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm like so I see John at an event last fall at Jester King. Yeah, and he's pointing at me across the way, and I'm like, oh my god, that's John. a great thing. I haven't seen John in, <laughs> since Noble Sandwich, right? Yeah. So he's, I walk up to the table. He's like, hey, man, we need to be working on something together. And I'm like, yes, sir. We sure do. Thank you, sir. You know, <laughs> and then he came. So he's like, okay, well, how about can I work on my new concept with you? And so I'm like, dude, absolutely. So he came with uh, uh, smoked duck tacos, oh, uh, yeah, brisket yeah. and Oaxaca cheese quesadilla. Was that way? Oh, tamale. that was last. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Interstellar's great. Oh, God, that pork belly thing he does and that Frito yeah. pie sausage. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. I mean, it's so it's so nice to see I like a chef, you know, like turning into a pit master that because dude. he's got the the eye for it. That's some of the best I don't know. There's it's really, really hard to say where's the best barbecue because mm -hmm. there's a lot of them, but he's up there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some like heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. Leroy and Lewis, you know, John yeah. Bates. Yeah. J&L downtown. I mean, yeah. do you guys get into the barbecue? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For or, sure. Or some other places that you go for that. I mean, it's hard to beat Terry Black's beef rib. Yeah. You know, the, the line, a long line at Terry Black's might be 30 minutes. I mean, that was, wasn't that 
I mean, you might not be aware of this, but like, didn't Joe Rogan move here and start talking about that? Yeah. And it's become a lot more popular he now? He was on them early. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that beef rib. Uh, but, you know, John, though, but at Interstellar, that dude, he knows flavor. That's what I, yeah. When you get, it's kind of like, it's not that any barbecue is just thrown on a plate, like, right. carelessly. Right. But the way it's thrown on a plate for you from him it's like, oh, it's like, this is like a treat. Yeah. This was like put together. It's like what you, it, everything looks like the picture you see in a magazine. Yeah. That's what I love about it. We did a lot of takeout at Franklin's during COVID. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. No line, call it in, pull up, like throw the food in your trunk. Yeah. Franklin did the <clears throat> the Discovery um, card commercial. Is that correct? Mm. And that, that was like really, I feel like. Put it like a, everyone How was at Amex, yeah. But I, I think what, I know what oh, you're yeah. talking about, yes, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But then I think Antonelli's just did the same Antonelli's, thing, yeah, right? So, yeah. like, who knows what's gonna happen there? I love it. <laughs> and they're doing a radio show, I think. Antonelli, they're, they're saying is uh, what uh, do good, eat good, okay, you know, and they live that. Yeah. They live that. We do a lot with Antonelli's. We love right. Antonelli's. Anybody who knows anything is is doing that. Have you been over to Spreading Co. ever? Oh, what is that? It's like where the original Kirby Lane is. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> There's, <clears throat> um, I forget what it used to be, but it's like small. You know, it started as charcuterie boards, but then they they have yes, yeah. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Austin and Rosemary. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, you should definitely. Bring some of this over yeah, there. They would love it. We talked to them about. Oh, okay. And there's so much. There's yeah. so much. Austin is so rich. <laughs> right. We've only been here five years, and and like it's not enough time. Oh yeah. I still feel like a tourist. Well, I mean, soak it in. You soaked it in out there. Soak it in now. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Someone else I wanted to mention because it's uh like what are your thoughts on the natural wine and like Sarah Martin Biggie at Nixta. She's really into that. I don't know anyone else who does like the natural wines, mm -hmm. and I truly don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. But I do know when I drink something like this, like this, they're all nice, mm -hmm. right? But there's definitely a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Feels like grungier, like it's yeah. like a different approach. Like this is way more refined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the natural wine discussion is kind of a double edged sword, if you yeah. will. Yeah, see, um, not when you're talking to me, because I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's it, it. You still have to be technically correct, technically right. correct. Yeah. You know, you uh, you can't just throw slop on a plate, right. right, and call yourself a legit restaurant. Right, and you can't just throw slop in a bottle and call yourself a legit winemaker or winery. Um, you still need technical savvy. I don't know what the right word is, but um, there's a lot of problems for me in the right. natural wine uh, so area. Is it more like? I I'm making a wine. It's kind of pretty much a natural wine, as opposed to like the a larger batch where there's more eyes on it. Like, is that how that is? Man, so I mean, we don't have to get into it if it's not I, if it's not worth getting into. No, there's a lot. There's so much to it. Yeah. There's no. There's not a single line. If somebody comes in and talks about natural wine and they have like a single line or two that sums it up. Oh yeah. I. I we'll would put on a worry about that okay. information. <laughs> okay. Um, I tell you know, I've been, you know, the old song, like I was country before country was cool. Sure. <laughs> um, I've been making, you know, I'll say hand quote natural wine before natural wine was cool. Right. Um, 
paying attention to the tradition of the wines that come before me, uh, having technical expertise in and going about that. One of the one of the most respected winemakers in Napa, a guy named Aaron Pot. He, he, he'll tell you straight up, I'm trying to make natural wines and it's extremely difficult. And this guy is highly like world stage skilled. And, and it's not, it's not just a thing where, like I say, slop on a plate. It's not, it's not that easy. Mm. Um, you still have to do something technically sound. And so what you get into is a, is a huge microbial, uh, population in your bottles. You know, people, um, Sulfur. Sulfur is a big bad guy, right? Okay. Um, I've always ridden like a dangerously low sulfur line. All right. Um, but you just have to work clean. You have to, to know your fruit. You have to know your growers. You have to know what their program is. Uh, like-minded. It can be organically grown. It could be biodynamically grown. It may not have to be certified, these things. But I seek sustainability as part of me coming back to Texas to kind of try to raise the quality bar, I'm uh, my, the, my next phase of like world domination is like okay <laughs> now let's let's now let's talk more about sustainability. Let's yes. talk about the land that we're leaving. <clears throat> let's talk about this thing that's going into our bodies. Yeah, um, you can you can you can talk about those things but just because you make that wine with your hands off of it doesn't mean it's it's a good wine or it's good enough for for us to to consume it right um you know you can still have allergies from the microbial load that's in your bottle huh. in your bottles you know you can have uh effects from high vas you know you taste high vas in a lot of quote-unquote natural wines um you know i'm all native everything i'm all native ferments um I think like 8% of my production is in new oak. So I use a lot of stainless steel. I use a lot of neutral. I've got barrels. I've got 15-year-old barrels. Yeah. Um, so my footprint is is super low, but it's always I always have a brain, a piece of my brain on sustainability, right. on cleanliness. Uh, I, I was talking to a wine club member one time, and he said, hey, this so-and-so brand must – must really get you going. I was like, why do you say that? And he goes, well, you have such control over your process, and these these folks are very natural. And I'm like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Those are not separate things. Like, I have control over my process because what I'm doing is kind of playing with fire. Um, I'm not utilizing a lot of chemicals and a lot of uh, 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 additives and things like that. Um, I'm playing with fire because this is a living thing. This right. thing continues to, it was like a, like a gallon of milk, yeah. you know, a, a container of cottage cheese. Like this thing is living. And if you don't treat it right, it's not going to be right. right. And so when natural wines are done well, whew, hard to beat. Really? Hard to beat. Yeah. Um, you, you're talking about sustainability. I have this question because we had a couple podcasts ago. Um, farm Farmhouse Delivery was mm-hmm. on here, and she was talking about, well, we got into the discussion of soil, right? Like you have to treat. So um, I, I'm just scratching my head a little wondering about like a vineyard, which is repeatedly growing grapes. Aren't like I thought it was like that's like a monocrop, right? Isn't that not good? Or is there a way? How do you treat the soil? Like wouldn't or like it would require so much more patience, but like you grow 
grapes and then you grow something else, you grow something else, you grow something else, and you come back to growing grapes so the soil's rich? Uh, I see where you're at. No, because the vines, think of the vine like a kind of like a little tree. Okay. Right? You don't just plant a tree every year. Oh, it's oh, a, no. okay. So it's a different that. thing than like something you that you would just replant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and there's 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 such an elevated value with older vines. Uh-huh. Just like if you have a fruit tree, right? If you have a fig tree or a lemon tree, okay. the older that oh, that cuz it's a fruit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The older that plant gets, the better that fruit's going to be, okay? Right? <laughs> so, you uh I I I like to use the term ecosystem. Yeah. <clears throat> that would be yeah. If 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 I go, if I'm meeting a new uh, vineyard owner, and I go into their uh, into their site, and they start telling me about their spray program, and they they're looking at the green leafy plant material, and they go, "Oh my God, look at my plant! My plant is just dark green. Oh my gosh, look at all this growth. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem to me." Yeah, because well, that's like, um, what's the crap they spray on? Um, things to make it grow. Oh, you name it. Yeah, but like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that. I don't need that big green leafy growth. I need good fruit. Right. Right? And so if you think about <clears throat> that little tree, that little vine. Miracle grow, that's what I'm thinking. Miracle grow, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's only so much of a root system under right. that little vine, right. under that little tree, right? Yeah. And it can only take up so much. And if it's taking up what it can from the soil – and then putting it towards those leaves, what's happening to my fruit, right? I need that to go to my fruit. Huh, interesting. The way that it can go to that fruit, if you think about this, that vine needs to survive. There's seeds in those grapes. Mm-hmm. The grapes, the clusters are survival mechanisms. They're the sink. They're the nutrient sink for survival, okay. right? So everything they need to do, if they're stressed a little bit, they're like, oh, crap. I better I better live to see another day. Right. I'm going to put everything into the fruit, not into a big green leafy canopy. Right, right. Right. So that's the thing about the vine specifically, but the floor a little bit of what you're talking about, uh we call cover crop. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the ecosystem comes in. So so in addition to let me tell you about my spray program, which I don't like, and let That's let, like pesticides, right? Exactly. Okay. All these chemical, all these yeah. Yeah, okay. like things to keep rodents away, keep things to make it grow. Yeah, right. and then look at my green leafy canopy. Mm-hmm. That's X two, and then the third one is like I go in here and I I disc this up, I till this up, you know, fifteen times a year, whatever, five the times soil? a soil, the soil, right? So you're going to go through your your what could be an ecosystem of of healthy soil. And like disrupt it. And yeah, till it up, till it up, till it up, till it up, right? So if you have a nice thick cover crop system where you're including uh, nitrogen-containing plants like clovers or uh, uh, fava beans are actually a a really good uh, uh, cover crop. Uh, We can do rye and wheats and things like this. Now... When those plants die, you're you're creating this ecosystem below the surface. Right. Right. So you have your worms and your bugs and everything mm-hmm. is digging holes. So now there's room for sunlight to get down to the roots. There's room for water to get down to the roots. Yeah. You know, a change in temperature. You have this ecosystem. And so, so when you start doing that, you have less and less and less use for the for the 
pesticides, herbicides. So those are the three three main things where you're like, okay, I'm going to my next next um, you know. I'm late for here. my next appointment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So how many places are you working with right now? Man, let's see. I probably work with I'd say eight 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 vineyard owners right now. All in the high plains there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My my hill country fruit got uh it, it got frozen out last oh. year. So uh, and I hope to get that fruit back this year, but he's he's being hesitant just because again, like he got burned so bad last year, yeah. he doesn't want to commit and then oh, yeah. and then fall through. So, but yeah, about eight, and each year I collect another one or on a good year two new growers who have this sort of like-minded sustainability, uh, true stewards of their land. Mm-hmm. I love that. Cool. Yeah. Do you ever see yourself with um, a vineyard? Yeah. Is that something that you like? Because you had a ten-year plan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I. Or, or there was no the, need. Yeah. Or is this one? Well, I mean, the approach you're doing now, you're working with people. This is working. What I'm doing is super effective. It's super cash lean. Yeah. So if I don't own a winery and I don't own vineyards, yeah. you know, I have long-term relationships with with high-end growers. Right. And they do what they do well. And then I buy that fruit from them after we've worked together for that year. And then they hand it over to me and I do what I do well. It works really well that way. Um, I do want to be in vineyards. In California, there would be no reason for me to grow my own vineyards. Mm-hmm. Um, those, the industry runs at a high level of sustainability and green uh, uh, issues. And um, here, I would love, I would love to get into a vineyard. But if I start a vineyard today, so I'm 51 years old. Mm-hmm. If I start a vineyard today, I'm not really going to even have usable fruit for five years. So it's going to take us about a year. You and I are going to start a vineyard right now. We're going to leave this chat and we're going to figure this out. We're going to prep the soil this year. Next, and we're going to get in line for plants. For five years we plant. Yeah. Wow. So we're going to prep the soil. We're going to try to buy plants that we want to produce. So so maybe we want to make Roussan, right. but maybe they don't have Roussan for four years. Okay. So we're going to have to go, okay, what's next? Sangiovese. Oh, okay. Not, we're not going to have that. Well, we have Senso. Okay. Let's make some Senso then, right? Right. So we'll plant those next year. And that's like, you're going with what's earliest available, even if it's not what you wanted. You weigh Unless that out. Unless you're patient. Yeah. You weigh that out. Yeah. Unless you're younger. <laughs> yeah, and that. Well, here here's the... We got a plan for you. Sure. You got how many nephews? Uh, there's eight of them. Well, you get it going. You train them. <laughs> some of them are knuckleheads, but some of them, my uh, I've got a nephew. Uh, the oldest is at A and M right now, uh, but one of the middle ones, yeah. he he's a science guy. And okay. So, uh, and I've been drinking wine with him since he was a baby. So oh, yeah, I think I taught. I'll, I'll bleep that part out. <laughs> <laughs> His parents know. Uh, I think I taught him how to smell. Okay. So we'd be going around the neighborhood and we'd smell, you know, right. trees and flowers and whatnot, but but rosemary, herbs. Yeah. Herbs yeah. is when he got it. Okay. Yeah. You smell with your mouth, right? Both, yeah. Both you keep yeah. your mouth open. Yeah. Right. That's like a thing people don't realize. Yeah. But um that's fun. Like rosemary is everywhere, right? And then yeah. the Yaupon, we were just talking yeah. about that. You ever find that? I don't know. I don't or know. Or Yopon. I don't th- I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. Whatever I'm doing, I'm saying it wrong, but I haven't seen that one, but rosemary is like just yeah. very abundant. Yeah. 
Well, that's cool, though. I mean, yeah. like, who knows? So they're that coming. Your next business partner. <laughs> yeah, they're coming. It, I, you know, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to do that. You know, we don't have kids. We have all these nephews. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be fun to continue that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just curious. Uh, and, like, what makes, like, when I, I mentioned William Chris, like, when we went out there, they're also sourcing from all, all different places, I believe, if I remember this correctly. Yes. So, but what is, they? that's not a winery, or is it? Like, what? Which part? Well, just if you drive out to like where Slate and like like what's what Slate they are they do they have their own vines? They do. Okay, they do. But William Chris does not. They also they have, do. Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's so there's different uh, not levels degrees of I'm 100 percent uh, reliant on. Uh, my grower partners. Right. William Chris is... Oh, I they have multiple and their own. Yes. Okay. They're making moves to buy vineyards or to, to control vineyards. So okay. they have some of their own grapes under their control, and they have uh, other other farms that they work with that they buy the product. Okay. They buy the, the fruit. The right. fruit. And that that's... Um, this is random, but wasn't it that the William Chris... The, whoever the slate, didn't they... Like he branched off to work there. I know that, like the winemaker. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So, so they're on their. There was an original winemaker, and the second guy that came through was actually the longtime winemaker William Chris. Okay, yeah. And uh, and then and he's off to do his own label. But the 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 guys that are there now, one of the guys is another guy from William Chris. Okay, yeah. so the, yeah, they they'll do well. The the slate there. Yes, yes, yes. It's yes, a very yes. unique, unique yeah. spot. Yeah, and Slate has a lot. Oh, man, I want to, I don't know how many acres. 600 is in my mind for some reason. <sighs> that is ginormous. Yeah, I have no idea. 600 acres uh, planted. And, and if you, just for easy math, you could do five acres, uh, some, uh, five tons to the acre. You want less than <clears throat> typically, but. But yeah, if six hundred acres and, and and five tons to the acre, they they're they're looking to be fully sustainable. Very cool. I guess like you being the first like you know winemaker here. Oh, right. Is that is that the is that the case? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh sweet. But I want to have more. And, there you go. Uh, but I, I guess I'll open this up to you as like if just like I was asking a friend, I was like, I have a lady coming to town, and we're gonna like go. Where do I go? Ah, that's yeah. why I say William because I didn't know he said go there. Yeah, but then they told me to go to Slate, and it was like so. Where is your tour? Like just as in, where's your favorite places to eat? Where do you go for your wine, or where would you send me if yeah. I was going to go out for a day? You know, you put you are you put people on the spot <laughs> when you do these things, right? Like I heard the chefs and and they're like, oh, or I heard Miriam. Miriam was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Especially when people just come up with like P. Terry's or like ham and cheese when they get home. <laughs> I was like, worked a long shift. Yeah, you know, um, gosh, uh, and here's the part where I blank. Well, I mean, so like. Uh, you know, Ben Calais. Ben Calais has French connection and he has Calais wines. Okay. Um, he's self-taught. He has, he's, he grew up in France, but he wasn't in wine. And, uh, but he's, uh, he's somebody who pays respect to the traditions that, okay. that came before, uh, for sure. You know, uh, 
Farmhouse, Farmhouse Vineyards. Uh, we do a lot of work with them. You know, the Cinso for the Rosé, and uh, they've got Killer Tempranillo for us. Okay. But they make their own wines as well, and they they have an outpost in Johnson City. It's a killer visit. Okay. Good drive. Yeah, it's all a good drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Sandy Road, Sandy Road, uh, Reagan Sividon. He and his brother-in-law have their own hill country vineyards, and they're dedicated. Oh, and Henry Croson. Okay. So Henry. So now these are all places. If I look them up, like yeah. if I, if we forward to this part of the podcast, yes, and I capture this, I say this is where you're going this weekend. Yes. Like okay, cool. Yeah. Keep going then. <laughs> Henry Croson, man. So he's in the town of Johnson City. All right. And you gotta have Henry come here. Actually. That'd be I'm Henry, very open to all of that. If yeah. You don't if somebody doesn't like Henry, something's wrong with them. <laughs> and uh but Henry is dedicated a hundred and ten percent to cool. just hands off, no no nothing. Right. And uh man, he 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 can make some compelling wines. Very cool. Yeah. So that that's a solid day there with those suggestions. Yeah, man. And that's I mean you would that's poking your head. So French connection is in high. Okay. So like you're poking your head into the wine country without having to go and do the whole like overnight in Fredericksburg. Yeah. You know, I mean, if yeah. that's what you want to do. Sure. I mean, a lot of people do want to do that. Yeah. No um, doubt. Like I said, it's just something I just recently started doing. Yeah. But, but slate, <clears throat> you know, you mentioned slate theory. So I think that's like a that's like a premier place to visit right now yeah it's yeah. like so unique like yeah. you, you just like it's funny how they've embodied the word slate yeah just because like the it's it looks like a slate yeah. i don't know it's like a, it's yeah very, it kind of came from like clean slate right the, right the oil field guys all right I, I had heard a little bit about this yeah. yeah yeah and the whole psychology of like there's a clean slate here this is the next thing we're going to conquer right <laughs> uh and those are all those are all this is important to me as well those are all producers who make wines from texas fruit Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of folks who don't. Oh, is there? Yeah, and uh, and well, I. That's the way to pave the way. <laughs> I know. I only mention it because these are these are Texas farmers. This is Texas agriculture that we're supporting. Sure. We're we you know we buy fruit from our farmers who work here, live here, own that land here in Texas, and then we take it to our Texas facilities, and, and we Texans make those wines, and that's. Uh, it's something to be very proud of. You you won't see. I always use the joke about chefs. Like you won't see, you know, the the famous Michelin star chef go down the road and go, "Hey man, you know, can can I get can I buy your biscuits? You know, right? right. Can, you don't see them go, "Hey, I don't I don't do fish. Can I can you make me fish dishes for my restaurant? Right. Like you right. don't see that. That yeah. doesn't. That's not a thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it should be a thing in wine either. So yeah. That's my two cents. Yeah, no, that's great though, and it's. Uh, I mean, like, if we're paving the way, right, exactly, make it, make it happen, make it Texas, showcase this. Yeah. yeah, if it was Chicago, you want it to be Chicago. You don't, you don't go to Milwaukee and get them to make pizza for you, and then, and then right. come back to Chicago. And go, hey man, here's my, here's my Milwaukee pizza. Right, right. Well, then you can get the hell out of here. Right. <laughs> so, what is the best ways to go to go to the tasting room? Is that what you suggest to get the experience? Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we lived here for four years before we had the tasting room, and so I desperately. Oh, 2020. Oh, I didn't even. You opened in 2020. We opened, yeah, about a year and a half ago now. But yeah, 15 months ago. And then, like, 
that had to line up with just chaos, right? Yeah, but we have an outdoor space. Okay, so, so okay, so quickly. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, that's good then. So, and then partner, like I say, with Antonelli. So we have a, we have a, oh, I have an in, in person event coming up with Antonelli's. Okay. Which is nice to get back out in, there. No, in, in, uh, in Hyde Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the, at the cheese shop there. Nice. So that'll be good. I do a lot with, you know, the Wine and Food Foundation of Texas. So oh, yeah. we have a, uh, we have events coming up with them. Ham, you know, the yeah. uh, Austin, uh, music um and the alliance you know texas food and wine alliance yeah uh i'm trying to think oh austin shift meal you know mandy nelson she uh man she's such a force in in the austin food and wine scene and she put together she volunteered and put together a bunch of volunteers during covid got all these local restaurants to to donate and so all the folks that were out of work could then come pick up a box oh, yeah. with like eight meals in it, yeah. you know, and ranch waters and ramblers and everything else. And so, uh, yeah, so these are these are some of the things that we like to be involved in here. Yeah, it's incredible. And, um, you know, again, we've we've into that fabric, you know, contribute. Absolutely. Contribute. But yeah, we do. Uh, the tasting room is the best way. You'll get a full lineup of the wines. Right. Uh, you can buy wine, obviously. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Uh, clbuto.com. Uh, the letter C, the letter L, B-U-T-A-U-D. But but sign up there. Don't just show up for a tasting, or can you do Reservations both? are better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at first, we we were packed, and you, you had to. Oh, yeah. You know, if you were going to come on a Saturday, you know, we'd like to know you're coming. Otherwise, we probably won't have a spot for you. It's always better that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just generally speaking. Yeah. And then we do, you know, all of our wine club parties are out there. You know, I mentioned the release party we just had with the oyster stand and, yeah. and the charcuterie. And we have another one coming up in June. I'm trying to think. Uh, visiting winemakers. So if you if you just go to the mailing list, you'll see all these events that are coming. Okay, cool. So we've had... That's good to know. Yeah. So we've had uh, winemakers... I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, I want to like... Keep me updated when these yeah. things are happening. But yeah, that's cool, and then right? Instagram. You said you've already been yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, on the Instagram, totally. but yeah, visiting winemakers. So, so I'm bringing friends uh, out from from Northern California whose wines that I adore, um, and introducing my customer base. That's pretty cool to these people that I've known for years and that have influenced me. Um, so yeah, visiting winemakers, visiting local chefs. We got just this weekend. Oh, and the long time. Yeah. Have you been out to the long time? No. You know about it? No. <sighs> One of the things that makes Austin Austin. The long time is a sandlot baseball. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's uh hardball, fast pitch, wood bats. Maybe I've heard of it. No. Where it's is that? For real. It's far east Austin. Okay. Uh Dunlap Road. Right. Yeah. So we <laughs> anything. So when when I'm when I dig down with like the long time or ham or wine and food foundation, I hope that I that they know that whatever they need from me, the answer is yes. Okay. And long time <laughs> is like is legit. The next games are gonna be on April 9th. All right. So that's fun. We're the wine sponsor, but I don't mention it because of that. I mention it because right. it's badass. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's, um, that's something to do. <laughs> yeah, visiting chef. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So they, there were games over this past weekend, and uh, Michael from Olamay finally committed to come into the tasting room to do a 
to do a meal with us. So okay. that is a uh, date to be determined. Okay, okay. And I never say these things until they're real, but sure. I'm making it real because I'm make it real. I'm and then you real. have the the audience here who can be excited exactly. about it. Like, exactly. Exactly. Nobody's gonna be Yeah, Michael, you're on now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh this isn't a eater where everyone's gonna read it and be talking about it. So <laughs> Uh, but there you go. You what you're real. doing is so fun. It's so fun to listen to. I love the focus of if somebody's here and checking out Austin, they can they can find you and oh. find out everything that's happening. I absolutely I like think scroll through, cool. hit an episode if you don't know, and just yeah. like go check it out. That's the, super cool. I I am like I said, thank you, and I'm genuinely happy that you're here because I would love to have more people in this world because I've always talked about. There's so many aspects of Austin. There's there's a graffiti artists. There's mm-hmm. musicians. You know, like I mean, there's no, there doesn't have to be a limit. I know that Austin all day culinary tales is in the title, <laughs> but we could kind of change up the culinary tales to you know wine of uh, you know something tales <laughs> occasionally, right? I dig it, man. Yeah, it's why not? No, no, uh, no limits. So yeah, no yeah. limits. Um, but it's been great talking to you. We we should uh, we should do it again. You're welcome to bring your wife. Yeah. Anytime or... She's got a lot to say. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Um, Yeah, that'd be great. But that is an open door, so just stay in contact, and I uh, appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, this is fun. Awesome. Thank you.